Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Pulp Podcast. We got a special four-week series we're kicking off here. It's uh, loosely called the the Badass Quadrilogy. Um, this is going the, the movie that kicks us off. It might be one of the greatest films in the Badass canon. Predator, nineteen eighty-seven, directed by John McTiernan, who you will notice from just a bunch of high-quality action films. He directed the original Die Hard. Uh, Die Hard with Vengeance, The Hunt for October, one of my personal favorites, The Last Action Hero, uh, remake of The Thomas Crown Affair, The 13th Warrior, is written by the brothers Jim and John Thomas, who also wrote The Predator 2, um, Executive Decision, Wild Wild West, (laughs) Mission to Mars, Behind Enemy Lines, a lot of of solid action credentials there. It stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, Carl Weathers, um, Bill Duke. Jesse Ventura, Peter, uh, Kevin Peter Hall as the Predator, uh, Peter Cullen, Optimus Prime as the Predator's voice. Uh, rounding out the cast is Elpedia Carrillo, Carrillo, I, I, I'm sorry, Carrillo, uh, Richard Chavez, uh, Sonny Landham, and Shane Black, as well as uh, longtime Arnold admirers might recognize Savinol Thorson. Who is uh, if if you're like a Gen X or millennial, you might recognize him as the silver helmeted gladiator in the movie Gladiator. But he is a longtime stuntman that worked with Arnold in his in almost all of his movies and background roles. And he's the uh, uh, Soviet goon uh, in in the rebel camp of this movie. Anyway, this is a commission podcast, which we're going to get to in a minute. Uh, it was commissioned by uh, Epic Mouthful, who commissioned two thirds of the Lord of the Relig- Lord of the Rings trilogy. But like I said, this is kicking off a, a badass series. Can you talk, Jim, about the concept of badass in terms of bald move history and and what we're talking about here? So many many years ago, back actually before bald move started, before we even started podcasting, you and I were living together, and we went kind of on a run of. I think it it was like a makeup tour for you where you had missed a whole bunch of these rated R action movies in your early to late twenties. And you were like, mm-hmm. man, I got to go back and see these. Everybody talks about these things. And so we just went on a kick where we every other night would sit down and watch another badass movie from the eighties and nineties. Uh, and eventually I moved up to Chicago and we started podcasting together to kind of stay in touch. And we thought, Hey, We've seen all these movies. We we have this like in our friend circle have this sort of uh, ranking in our heads, this loose ranking of who the best badasses are. We're like, we should solidify that into an actual badass ranking system. Uh, and so we did a podcast way, way back early. I don't, I don't even know. We'll probably link to it in the show. I, notes I think it was episode four of, of Blue Yonder, um, our original yeah. show that wasn't even TV and movie related. It was just kind of shooting the shit. Um, and we, we came up with this system that we call the 3C system. And it's based, uh, it's a way to rank these badasses based on three criteria, one of which is uh, their characters. That's one of the C's. Um, so have they played good characters or are they just, you know, big dudes who played shitty characters? Um, there was also the charisma of the actor themselves, like how how charming are they in these roles? How well do they fit them? Uh, and then the third one was a stretch, for, admittedly, for a C, but it was a physical champion. Uh, basically, like 
it, do they look the part or are they do they look like a badass um so obviously muscles factor heavily into that uh it, but it can also be you know just like physical size i guess like height helps like yeah. a, a john claude van damme is probably not going to score as high as a uh, dude who's not five foot nine um <laughs> But even yeah. though he's shredded, he's not going to be like low on that scale. But like, you know, right, you're, right. You're, he's he's always going to be overshadowed, if you will, by the, the Austrian oak. And no matter how many is overshadowed. Uh, by <laughs> yeah. And no matter how many uh, badass roles Paul Giamatti gets, he's never going to score very high on that that third champion C. Right. So and there's, that's I think we came up with the charisma because I think originally it might have been just like champion and character and mm-hmm. we kept on coming across like bruce, bruce willis. willis he was the stopper yeah like he's not insanely like a champ i mean he's not nothing he's he's not like a guy who'd be like yeah fuck him of course i don't know he might be five five foot four who knows um but he's got this like fucking swagger uh to him uh clint eastwood similarly he's i think tall yeah. i think clint eastwood's mm-hmm. six foot tall but he's kind of rangy got got that got that Raylan givens timothy oliphant kind of cowboy build but you wouldn't fuck with him because yeah. he's just a guy who's not fuck withable so we invented the charisma the, the the third c to kind of explain why these guys keep getting the badass roles and are not laughed out of the the casting studio you know yeah. Uh, sometimes you can just, yeah, you, you can, you can be that bad. Like, uh, you know, John Connor type, right? Like he's not, uh, the world's toughest warrior. He led all humanity against the robots because he had that third C in spades apparently. Uh, and the thing so is, yeah, we did this so long ago that a lot of that landscape has changed, right? We, we approached it from a very like eighties, nineties action movie kind of, uh, perspective, but this was back in early the, the 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 thesis was even is the death of the badass like where have yeah, all the yeah. badass movies gone to like they've all just kind of dried up there's nothing there's nothing left it's a lot of dudes like matt damon uh you know in the born identity and stuff right where the, the stuff they're doing is undeniably badass but they themselves are not like huge physical right. specimens or right they're not trying to play like the super charismatic uh character the, the champion went out the window it became yeah. every man you know keanu reeves knowing kung fu matt damon being you know a secret badass yeah, <laughs> yeah. and this was the time when and and liam neeson right doing taken like he's he's a tall guy but he's not like built and it was a time of like batman being mostly a dude stra- with strap-on muscles uh-huh. you know like yeah. they're they're in the neoprene suit with the bulging muscles and it's like you know where 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 have all the giants gone you know right um and this was an era when the rock was getting face fucked by a monkey in the rundown as his stuff. most badass role <laughs> right as his most badass role so you know it was hard to to calibrate on on 2000 like aughts and and early 2010s badasses Mm -hmm. since then we've had a lot of change i think like you look at the dave batistas you look at the rocks right the rock has done a lot more badass stuff since then uh you look at guys like vin diesel you all of these guys who were not really known for being badasses or playing these badasses when we did that initially and we're thinking we it it's about time we revisit that that ranking system I mean, this was all before pre-MCU, so a lot yep. of the Chris's, the Hemsworth and the Evans, undeniably badasses and champions, mm-hmm. uh, we, we missed all that. So it's it's been, it, it, 
old time bald move fans have been asking for us to do this. This has been kind of low key a project we've been excited about, and it's kind of gotten. I forget why it built Steam like over Christmas or something. Some 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 something. We did happened. a couple we, badass Christmases uh, where we did we like did Die the badass Hard Christmas, and yeah. Die Hard Two, Rocky Four. Yep. Um, <laughs> what was the uh, Turbo Man one? Uh, <laughs> with Arnold Schwarzenegger and and. Uh, uh why can't i think of the name of that i know throw grandma from the christmas train that's what it's called <laughs> it was uh <laughs> yeah what is stop stop or santa will shoot it was uh <laughs> it, it was jingle uh, all the jingle way all the way yes. there you go thank you thank you um yeah, I it's it's about I forgot what got a bug up our ass, but when we were kind of like blueprinting 2021, we're like we we should fit a badass film festival or something in the middle of here, and then we got the commission, the fateful commission, Predator, and it's like, well, this is this it's time to kick it off. This is this is the primal scream in the night calling the badasses to be judged. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it just so happens that Terminator Two had a big anniversary coming up, the 20th anniversary. Uh, so, sorry, thirtieth right. anniversary of right. Terminator Two is coming up uh, Saturday, July third. Probably out. Uh, probably happened by the time you hear this, but we decided that would be the perfect time to both do this commission podcast and kick off the badass uh, recategorizationing. Yeah, nothing says badass like our crazy country all getting together to explode it with various ordinances, mm-hmm. and it's also the traditional movie blockbuster kickoff which is as you know terminator 2 shows us typically a time when uh, the big hollywood beef would would strut itself out uh and put itself on display so yeah it feels it feels right it feels like it's a confluence of badassery coming together to to make this thing to make this thing work um we should probably get to uh epic mouthfuls commission and dedication here yeah um shall we I'm okay ready. before we get before we get in, and then we'll talk about. I know it's it's been a lot before to get to the predator stuff, but we're about to get to the predator stuff. Uh, Epic Mouthful, uh, you can you can find her on Twitter, Insta, and TikTok at Epic Mouthful, but only if you want to see just ridiculously delicious food. She says, "I've been wanting to watch, wait, wanting to rewatch this absolute classic for a while now, and your frequent mentions of it being missing missing from your back catalog have only stoked the fires." I unexpectedly started a new job in September, and then this month I unexpectedly received a raise. I already know how incredibly lucky and fortunate I've been throughout the pandemic. My first batch of commissions were to celebrate the new, better-paying job, and the second batch is to celebrate the raise. Congratulations! As well as surviving a frightening bout with cancer. To keep a very long, miserable story short, the pandemic made it difficult to get appointments, have test done, etc. That's relatable. Uh, and in general, to get any kind of focused uh, medical attention, yada, 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 decided to gamble and switch can- cancer hospitals. And she's now, uh, after surgery, nine ounces of tumor lighter and for now cancer free, which is congrats. I- I'm glad even through the, pand- the pandemic, you're able to get to the chemo or whatever <laughs> the surgery. <laughs> I hope I can get away. I, th- I thought it's like, you know, it's a predator podcast. Uh, yeah. I-, I hope you find that funny and not not off putting. Uh, I can't think of a better way to celebrate a brush with death than by watching a killer of a classic horror action movie and then getting to listen to Bald Move talk about it afterwards. Very sweet of you. As a bonus, this commission helps Bald Move keeps light on so much the better. Well, it does. It's a huge, huge boon to our support when people commission these podcasts. Uh, after watching the movie, rewatching the movie just now, is it just me or does this movie hold up? 
What do you think, Jim? Is it just is it just epic mouthful here? I don't think so. I think the movie holds up. Some of the special effects would be very different if this movie were shot today, but the ones in this movie, while not perfect, still look pretty good. I I actually think most of the special effects are pretty fucking perfect in this movie. Um, and hold up right because they're at that apex. You know, Hollywood was was right at the apex of their practical effects. They're about to switch to digital effects. And there's this period where, like, everything looks glorious and it's always going to look this good because it's all real shit, you know? Um, If this is this movie perfect by today's standards? No, of course not. There's at least one uh, the other F bomb and the two bad pussy jokes. But one of those bad pussy jokes actually pays off. It really does. Is this movie perfect by 1980s action movie standards? Arnold in his prime, pretty fucking charismatic, acting actually not bad in his part. No one in the ensemble really embarrasses themselves. Action scenes, very badass. The script, not bad. Even seems to be trying to say something about senseless violence. Looking forward to your thoughts, and I hope the community enjoys it as much as I know you guys will. Thank you. Thank you, Epic Mouthful. Um, This movie, yeah, do you want to talk about... um, you know what you thought about it like uh both when you first saw it and revisiting it years later etc etc you know how we do i i saw a negative review of this movie uh from like (laughs) 2006 or 2007 oh it's it's like that no man zone of badass that we talked about just a second ago Mm -hmm. that perfectly encapsulates everything i love about this movie it said this is a bunch of like B B movie esque actors acting jobs in a high budget like Hollywood film, and that is those are some of my absolute favorite films. When you can get like a movie that takes itself very seriously, like this movie does, but yet is obviously campy, obviously cheesy in some ways, has actors who are like perfectly cast. I think everybody in this movie is just a hundred percent right for the role. Uh, and then give them a ton of money and do some really mm-hmm. cool effects. I man, it just doesn't get any better than that in an action movie, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think that's what, uh, like the secret to Marvel success. Um, and because they, you know, we were just talking about this. We watched the Avengers on the sci-fi Sunday last night. And we were talking about like all growing up in my life. I thought that like comic book movies would always have the ceiling because no one would ever, ever devote the budget and take it as serious because it's always seen as like some kitty shit or like just something that you, you know, uh, shovel out for the stinky comic book fans or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and Predator, like you said, it's like it, it takes a subject matter. It takes a goofy subject matter, deadly serious. Everyone on the film is not in on the joke. They're actually taking yeah. it serious. They spend real money to, and they, they deliver. Marvel takes that formula and says, you know what? We can make even more money by capping the action at PG-13. Predator says, fuck that. We're going to go for the R rating. <laughs> but otherwise, it's the same sensibility. And I think you're right. Like, Kinda, that's why it's I, such a beloved classic. I, I think there's one key difference here, and it's that the actors they hire in Marvel films are actually better than the movie itself a lot of the time. I think mm. the acting talent Marvel has is off the charts insane. It's, it's sure. so good. It's the best actors in Hollywood, period. And then 
I mean, with the exception of like Daniel Day Lewis, right? You get him yeah, in as a villain, I mean, and boom, you yeah, you seal the they, deal. They all can they all can act uh, other, aside from their their muscles. Yeah, absolutely. It, with this movie, it's like well, they can act definitely, but like you know, Arnold is Arnold, right? He doesn't have like the perfect English accent when he says something. It always mm. comes out a little funny. Um, yeah, it really does. And you're not laughing at him in those moments. It's more like everyone involved is in on the joke and it, it but the, except for the movie and i i love those movies the the movies that like want to be serious r- really good movies but also just are one slight like a half notch below that plus this is this role because the thing is about arnold is that he always had the language barrier and it got better you oh, know yeah. um as uh, obviously as he got more experience and oh now yeah it's look more at his like early stuff just, yeah, and I mean, we won as gal- uh, as a Republican uh, governor in the state of California mm-hmm. with that accent, and it's kind of seen as charming, you know? He's yeah. like, it's, it's the way Arnold talked. If Arnold were to get the perfect King's English now, we wouldn't like it. Uh, but here, it's like, you know, most of that, like, the early, you know, Conan and Hercules in New York City had, mm-hmm. like, gone by the wayside. And the thing about Arnold is he's smart. Yeah. Arnold is a smart, very driven, motivated, disciplined guy. And all of that comes through in this character of Dutch. Like, I really like how he the him and his men are shown to like be seeing through uh, Dylan's bullshit, like at a very early yeah. stage. Like he's he's like it, it doesn't you know, the, the, the raid on the gorillas is the culmination of like all of these putting the pieces together. And it's all believable, you know, like these guys are like undeniably like meathead dudes, but every single one of them kind of has this, except for maybe Jesse, <laughs> Jesse Ventura. Every one yeah. of them has this kind of like other facade or other layer to them. That's like, oh, yeah, the guy in the glasses is smart because he's wearing glasses. This other guy is smart because, <laughs> you know, he's tracking and doing this other stuff. And this guy. But yeah, yeah like I so said, Jesse's kind of uh, he's the he, he he's the potato that wasn't washed before they threw him into the the, the mashed taters. But <laughs> I think that's what it was. Yeah. Like Arnold's a smart guy. And this is the one, of the first roles that kind of like um, has that come out. They, they really toned down except for the one like stick around line. They really toned down the like need for Arnold to be spouting one liners and all that shit. And he's a very mm-hmm. kind of realistic, believable character. I mean, most of the one liners are spoken by other cast members. I mean, you look at like, you know the, the stuff about I'll bleed you slow and all that and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. uh yeah Carl Weathers has quite a few one-liners in this it's yeah it, it's really kind of an ensemble cast more so than you think of in Arnold Schwarzenegger movies yeah Billy guys like I wouldn't wish this path on a broke dick dog like, <laughs> <laughs> the dialogue's pretty this the dialogue's pretty good and you oh, know yeah. what like uh, this is something that I want to introduce early on in our badass film festival uh, because these are in large part 80s action films and 80s were a different time to put it mildly and I'd like to talk about um, the uh, uh, not aged well mm. that I'm going to refer to as the acronym NAW and, and like nah nah man you can't do that nah you can't get away nice. nah you, like you know da- like Daryl Dixon like nah you can't you can't say that Jesse uh, this movie has a couple like Epic Mouthful said uh, Jesse dropping the the unvarnished other F-bomb F-slur um, mm-hmm. the, the, the you know tone deaf kind of pussy jokes but yeah nobody uh, it, uh, yeah yeah 
And, and here's the but here's the thing like I I I have a couple gay friends and I th- they like some of the shit like when Jesse says that f bomb he immediately follows up with like uh you, unlike you girls I'm a sexual tyrannosaurus and like you, yeah you take that shit seriously it's it's fucking hilarious and and there's an unmistakable homoerotic tension I mean, between. Come on. Yeah, between how between many Duke and, and Ventura here? How many like these two characters? I think muscle love each shots other. are there. Like, I mean, the the movie is definitely in that Top Gun esque sort of vibe too, right? Like, you got the the dudes on the beach playing volleyball. Well, you got the dudes here. I mean, the the whole course of this movie is Arnold Schwarzenegger stripping down progressively, right? Like, right. It, it starts. He takes off his shirt after the camp attack, and he throws it on the ground. Uh, right. and, and then later he strips down to what I can only describe as, you know, those, those bodybuilders on like Venice beach wearing like the string tank tops mm-hmm. that yeah, barely even cover the nipples. It's that except for the military, right? Yeah. yeah and then eventually yeah. he just strips down, covers himself in mud. I mean, <laughs> come on, come on for sure. There's a homoerotic quality to this film. And I think, like I said, I think it's a fair reading to say that, like, Mac and Blaine are actually in love because, like, Mac's reaction to Blaine's death is so out of line from every one of the other characters. And then when, like, Arnold's talking about it, he's like, him and me were uh, friends, you know, and then he's like, you know, I don't know. There's there's like I said, they could just be brothers bonded in the fraternal right. art of warfare, but, but there is certainly another reading. So yeah. I, I don't know. I, I feel like this movie is pretty low on the nah scale, mm-hmm. uh, the not age well, well scale. Um, yeah, I, so, I don't think it's that bad. I think the, the use of the other F-bomb is the mm-hmm. most egregious thing. The pussy jokes, everybody is like, dude, you're too much. You're too much. Even the movie is telling them that. And I think right. that's contemporaneous. That's, but it's also the point of using the other F-bomb, right? Like. Right. This guy is an asshole. He's supposed to be viewed as an asshole. Uh, yeah. And that's effective. And it immediately I mean, it just sets me against this dude. It says something that the Breakfast Club is way higher on the NAW scale than fucking yeah. this 80s hyper masculine, hyper macho. In fact, like not only yeah. is it no worse on the like, it's quite a bit less worse on the like sexual gender and, and homophobia. Mm-hmm. But like light night and day, the racial composition of this movie. Holy shit. This shit's like a UN like meeting. It's got like right. every single race and ethnicity. Uh, it's even got a female character. That's not like, uh, you know, a, a totally thankless uh, a role. You know, it's sure. mostly thankless. Yeah, but mostly, like, yeah, but... it's not. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I, but, I, but they're not threatening her sexually or anything. There's none of that, no. which I was kind of pleasantly surprised by. Sure. Sure. Yeah, they don't save her from a rape gang or anything. She's nope. just a she's just a rebel, a guerrilla, fairly serious, a, a foe, an adversary that they later learn to respect. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's uh it's it's not bad. It's not bad. And this 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 movie has a very special place in my heart because um I was not allowed to watch this movie obviously in 1987, but my cousin had it on uh, Betamax, oh. and it was like his favorite movie, and he showed me certain scenes. Uh, that I watched like because I, I found this movie terrifying, obviously, um, when, when I was watching it with them. But we would hmm. like in, we would take turns reenacting Arnold getting the hell beat out of him by the predator. Like we take turns being the predator and like we get mouth we'd be in my granddad's pool and we get mouthful of pools, wa- pool water. <laughs> and he would like punch and you exaggerate, snap your head back, and just do a like a fountain, you know, because like how that, I, we just thought it was I don't know, something very satisfying about just 
beating another person like Arnold. Like Arnold just gets beat like a rag doll at the end of this film. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it's and then um, I, and I never saw the whole movie until I was kind of in my 20s. And when I watched it, it's just like, man, this movie, like a lot of old 80s films, uh, like you think about Commando. I don't know if they ever were seen as serious back in the day or whether they were kind of like, you know, riff tracks, Mystery Science Theater laugh fests. Mm -hmm. But like they don't hold up. They're awesome in their own way. And I fucking love them for what they are. But Predator is like the Empire Strikes Back. It is like um, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's one of those action films um, with effects heavy that just everything holds up because, man, the, the Stan Winston, his whole crew, the top of their game, uh, yeah. John McTiernan, like really sweating the details. Um, it's actually kind of amazing that the action isn't even better because I didn't know this until I started doing all the research for this this podcast. Most of the cast in this movie were ex-military, some like Jesse, huh. Vin, the uh, 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 Jesse, the body Ventura former like either Navy SEAL or uh, Naval Underwater Frogman demolition team, like the precursor Navy SEAL. But yet this movie has none of that. Like these guys know how to handle guns in a safe and effective manner. But this movie still like hasn't quite got enough contractors to like say, you know, the guns work better when they're not like at naval height, when you're actually aiming down their barrels and using their sights and things. And <laughs> yeah, but they look so much cooler when Arnold is one arming uh, what's got to be like a 30 pound rifle out in front of him. Well, did you know that the, his gun is the Scarface gun to say hello to my little friend? Custom the one that Al Pacino Scarface. can barely pick up. He's like hunched yes. down trying to hold this fucking thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Arnold's one. <laughs> but you're right. Like the, you know, these guys dual wield, wielding assault rifles and, and you know, Jesse's got the mini gun, which is the first time this this thing. It's like what's this infamous gun has ever appeared on film. Yeah, the just them daka daka daka. It's very cool. It doesn't look. It's not oh, cool yeah. in the way like John Wick is cool, or certainly not in the way that like uh, the Born Identity is cool. Mm -hmm. But is the peak of this kind of like you know commando type action that you can still kind of take seriously? Yeah, that macho action movie. Um, that's kind of like the defining feature of this is it's macho, right? Uh, where yeah. I wouldn't describe like John Wick as being macho. It's it's more yeah. like highly really? skilled. Eh. Okay. And not in the same way, right? It's it's not big dudes right. with huge guns blowing it's shit up. It's not hyper masculine unless yeah. you think just like violence and death is hyper masculine and then, you know, you're a misandrist. What the hell's wrong with you? But uh <laughs> right. But 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 it yeah, no, it's you're right. It's more like skill and competency and et cetera, et cetera. Um and you know, you talked about all the the lines uh that people have and there are so many from this movie that are memorable, like uh and everybody gets them, right? Um uh, uh, Ventura has got one in here, which I think has become pretty famous now. He says, I ain't got time to bleed. When, <laughs> uh, you know, the dude tells him you've been shot a few times. Um, right. That's a great one. And then the probably is, is it the most famous one liner, which isn't even really a one liner. It's kind of spoken uh, in with other lines, but it has become super famous because of the way he says it, it's get to the chopper. Get to mm -hmm. the chopper. <laughs> That's yeah. that is Arnold Schwarzenegger in a single line, right? Yeah, and uh, I quoted this so much as a kid, and then like one of my best friends growing up as a teenager, um, me and him loved this movie, and we would always like when we were like gut like uh, 
when we were training for like, you know, so, so we do running or we were like hiking or whatever. And you start to get winded and like our way to gut it out was to start going like Mac and be like, go have us some fun. Go have us some fun. Oh, go have me some fun. Like we just all there's this. this yeah, it's all that get to the chopper stuff. Uh, if it bleeds, we can kill it. Mm-hmm. That that stuff just steeped into our dialogue. Um, ugly it's, just, it's so much fun to it's so much fun to say. <laughs> it's so much fun to quote. Yeah. Um, like this in Terminator Two is like half my dialogue with this 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 other this other friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's uh, in, in terms of like uh, maybe I guess before we get like super spoiler heavy, like we're thirty minutes into this, should I do the the standard rundown of what this movie is about? God, and then we I can, guess we can get that's on with it. Valuable here, sure. Sure, for yeah, anybody who hasn't so seen this. So this movie, Predator, is about um, an alien that comes to Earth to hunt men for sport. You kind of have to figure, in fact, like to the people in the film, they don't know any of this information. This is information, yeah. as far as I can tell, is only known by us, the audience, that this is an alien. Uh, Arnold is uh, Dutch. He is an ex-military uh, uh, Vietnam vet mercenary leading a team of mercenaries. They're skilled at rescue and extraction work. And his old buddy Carl Weathers comes from a CIA desk job to say that there's been in Central America uh, some kind of high ranking cabinet member in a government friendly to America who's been kidnapped by rebels. Uh, and they're they're go to, they're, they're to go into the jungle and rescue them. Uh, unfortunately, this the same jungle has been claimed by the predator as their hunting grounds for the summer. And uh, this this highly team, uh, highly skilled and technically equipped team of U.S. mercenaries is pitted against this merciless alien hunter uh, and a surprising combination of people will survive to the end of the movie. And will it be Arnold? Who knows? I don't know. You'll have to watch the movie to find out. But it is. I, I shit you not one of the finest action movies ever made like yeah. top five consensus easy it's kind of like i have a heart the older i get the harder i have a time just like ranking my favorite x thing right because like you how do i balance it. the matrix john wick this uh the mar the you know in game which is like the fucking command module of an apollo rocket that's been thrusting into space for 10 years like yeah. versus this thing like how how do you do you do it but like yeah, Predator is a is a great flick. I've I've actually coincidentally watched it four times. This is my fourth time when I watched it yesterday uh, in in a calendar year because um, Cecily had never seen it. So at the start of pandemic, we were uh, watching, or I think I watched it because I was bored. And she's like, "Oh, I haven't seen it." And I'm like, "I didn't know you didn't see it." So I watched it again uh, a couple weeks ago. I took my son camping on spring break, and we brought this movie as part of a uh, people screaming in the woods, running from scary stuff. <laughs> Okay. screening to Better watch while we're camping than like Blair Witch I think well that was one of the yeah we had Blair Witch and the ritual that was the other and he chose the predator to watch it could, and it was choice. a lot of fun because it's like you know we're in the dark and uh you know we're in our hammocks and we're watching this thing and you can hear branches snapping in the background mm. and things walking around the woods and it just added a little something and it was also fun to watch with him because this movie even for people who have never seen it, like you will know, like the black arm grasping the white arm in solidarity. That's from yes. Predator. Get to so the choppers from Predator. Like three or four times, Jack's like, oh, my God, that's the meme. And like, yes, yes my yes, wife it watched is. it with me and she was like, oh, my God, that's the meme. That's the meme. Yeah, it's the <laughs> yeah. meme everyone's seen. So it's kind of it, it, it staggered me because like this movie is kind of like Casablanca was 
and our, our, I guess our generation, it's like so much shit is data mined from these. Like, you know, when I would watch yeah. Bugs Bunny and Tom and Jerry and are making these obvious references to things that happened a long time. Predator is that movie to happen in a, a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away for our kids. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's neat. And And since the movie, like I said, this movie holds up Jack usually he can appreciate old stuff and he usually bitches about how it looks huh it's like is this one of these old movies dad because of the way that the filmmaking the editing they just know yeah they he didn't bitch about the predator at all because uh-huh. this fucking film is tight it's tight um it's incredibly tight the 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 you mentioned like all this shit about the cia and these high level operatives and this rescue mission None of that shit matters. None of it. And the movie knows that it's and it's, that is over in the first half hour of this one hour, 40 minute movie. And I am shocked, like watching it again, uh, how quickly this movie gets in to its its badass shit. And then how quickly it gets out once that stuff is over. It There is no fat. There is no there. This movie is devoid of any fat and not on the actors <laughs> and certainly not on the script. There is no body fat on any part of this production. Fuck You're no. right, because the the assault on the rebel camp, which in a other film would be the climax of the movie, is just the the, the movie clearing its throat to yeah. get to the thing that it actually wants to be about, which is this alien hunting everybody. And that camp scene uh, is badass. Like, I, I hope none of their buddies that they were none of the people they were trying to rescue are in those buildings because they don't look. They just blow them the fuck up like six grenades in as many seconds fire off in the first uh, in the start of that scene. And I think they made it okay because like they showed the Russian guy executing like the only it's the only American. The only the the only non white the only non Russian white guy in the camp, and that was like uh, I guess telling the audience that like that's it that was the chairman slash CIA asset. So everyone else is yeah. forfeit now. We can just kill. We can just erase everybody. But I'm they not sure did, they man. know that because they're they're like oh look around and see if you can find any of our other hostages or whatever. So I'm not that's sure true. they know that before blowing this camp to hell. But it, it doesn't matter to me because it's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's just, again, pinnacle 80s. No one like everyone has just got a machine gun held at like chest level. Mm-hmm. They're just hosing it around. Sometimes literally like Jesse Debati uses the minigun as like a fire hose. It just sprays men away. It's it's insane. Yeah, this weapon that's this gun is as big as he is. Um, It's it's great. And also, like, there's a lot of like fire walking. Which they don't do a lot, but that's like a horrifying thing. Like you shoot a grenade yeah. at a building or like fill it full of white phosphorus is engulfed in flame. And then some dude walks out screaming, fully engulfed and simple. Then- like it's just got a stunt man with balls wearing a suit. that's fire resistant. <laughs> you get it on film for a couple seconds, but it's yeah. it's kind of horrifying because it's a it's a it's a person on fire screaming. Mm-hmm. How much horror of war do you need than that? And my favorite part about that is it's not enough to set a guy on to blow up a guy who's in a building and have him come out screaming on fire. You then have Carl Weathers just hose him down with bullets. And it's almost a mercy kill at that point. But the movie doesn't play right. it like that. The movie plays it like no. this fucker's coming at me. I'm going to kill him. Yeah. Like, it, fuck this guy in particular. Yeah. How much more badass? A dude on fire running, screaming from a building and you you just mow him down. It's. Yeah. Wild, wild, man. The other thing I love about that camp scene is like it shows kind of like the two sides of the coin because they're an effective commando unit. Like they get in and like they take out the perimeter guards, 
completely silently. Yeah. And then Arnold comes forward and is like, when everyone's in position, I'm going to blah, blah, blah. And his solution is like he puts a satchel full of explosives in the back of this uh, truck that the gorillas have hastily repurposed as their well pump. You know, uh-huh. they got the like the back axle has got the tire off and it's just got a brick on the, the accelerator and it's just turning this thing and pumping water. Arnold grabs that thing clean and jerks the whole truck frame (laughs) off of its off of its giant stump that it's sitting on and lurches it forward, sends it careening towards the village, which sets off the real invasion. And that's when all the boom, boom, crazy shit happens. Yeah, but it's just it's so it's, you know, you get a you get an Arnold Schwarzenegger physical champion stunt right to kick off the movie. Uh huh. Oh, and even before that, they they do one, right? It's the it's the classic uh, locking of arms. And that turns into like an arm wrestling match between two of the most stacked guys you've ever seen. Uh, And of course, Carl Weathers submits because he's Arnold fucking Schwarzenegger. Yeah, he's been behind a desk. He's been about a desk for too long. He's got fat, you know, he's wearing a tie. It's cutting off the oxygen to his brain. Mm -hmm. Um, The hyper masculinity of this movie can really not be uh, oversold. I in the background research, I don't know if you saw any of this, but like these guys would compete over their workout routines because they all wanted to be more shredded than the other. And there's like these legendary stories. Like for example, Jesse, the body found out from the wardrobe department that his biceps were one inches bigger than Arnold. So he challenged him and said, who's whoever got the biggest arms has to buy the other, this, this expensive bottle of champagne. It turns out that Arnold put the prop department up to this. Like when he got there first, he's like, yo, tell Jesse his arms are one inch bigger. I just, I just can't. So then when they actually did the thing to officially, you know, to determine his course, Arnold's got the biggest arms. He's fucking Mr. America. He's fucking Mr. Mr. Universe. Universe. Yeah. So now, so now Jesse, so this led into like Jesse, um, like comes out of the gym at like five o'clock in the morning and he put, he like dumped a bucket of water over his head. So when he walks out, he's dripping with sweat and Arnold sees that and's like, oh my God, Jesse's, Jesse's pumped. So they start this arms race that starts leading them to getting into the gym like a four o'clock in the morning. Meanwhile, Carl Weathers is getting up at three o'clock in the morning (laughs) and fucking beast moding an hour before anyone else gets up. And then he wakes up like three hours later and is like, yeah, man, this is just all natural. I don't have to look at this. I got a 12 pack here. So I woke up like this bullshit, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's so it's 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 so funny. The competitions and like the like there is frogs putting people's beds in this jungle there's like all these uh, practical jokes are playing on each other it sounded like a lot of fun because this this is something the other like steven spielberg did this for um saving private ryan but they had all these guys go out into the jungle and train as soldiers for like six weeks to kind of like weld them into like a a, a tight-knit fraternity and also to make the act on-screen action but also it ramped up all the hyper masculine juvenile bullshit too but i, I just That's love this story these these absolutely insanely huge dudes trying to one up each other on the fucking set with like the workout regimen and how like, you know, amazing their bodies looked. It's, it's pretty funny. That's awesome. There's also like simultaneously the other side of that coin, right? If this is like the, the summer camp heaven scenario, there's also the hell scenario where, Oh yeah, you're filming in a jungle where there is no level ground and you've got like this dude who's trying to run around in this monster costume and it's hot as balls. And you're, you know, you're, if you're the director, you're unable to eat the food because you don't trust it. Uh, you've got right. Montezuma's revenge hitting your asshole every other night because of the water filtration. Yeah. 
it sounded like it was also a grueling hellscape of a of a production as well. Yeah, and I guess like a, like half of the movie was shot during the hot season, and then like it had to be shut down to like rework the the costume because there's a whole thing with John. There's a whole yep. subplot with John Claude Van Damme that we will get to. <laughs> we haven't got to yet. There's problems with the actor portraying the predator in his suit. They shut it down to refactor all that. When they came back, I guess it was like in winter. So a lot of the night scenes are shot and it's actually freezing. Like when Arnold is jumping in those pools, not does that. Those pools are like filthy, stinking, full of leeches, Mm -hmm. like 50 degrees. And he's like, literally, they're like getting heat lamps and stuff to try to keep him warm because he's also covered in wet mud. Yeah. But it was like you said, grueling in ever since because they're supposed to also they're supposed to still be hot as balls, like 120 degree jungle heat. And it's freezing cold. Yeah. Uh, I yeah what what and every single person involved with it said it was a fucking experience like also um the guy in the predator suit uh Kevin Paul what is it Kevin Michael Paul uh, uh Kevin Peter Hall yeah yeah he couldn't see out the suit so like he had to like memorize his fight choreography which l- often led to him just slugging Arnold Schwarzenegger or backhanding him r- across the face uh which yeah, these was big you know probably gloves. a lot of fun uh yeah and that's the thing he had to shoot a lot of takes too because they're the way that they composited this film together to get the stealth effects um Mm -hmm. he had to be in this red effects suit uh so they could pull him out and then shoot with a wider lens to fill in that space uh with that i thought that was weird effect i I had i never knew how they did that but that's so cool yeah elaborate on that because i so, so the way the, I understand it is it's a sort of chroma key, but, but you got to think this is all the era before digital effects, right? They couldn't do this mm-hmm. shit in a computer, so they had to do it in the lens, in the right, camera. Right. And so right. what they did is they used a, a bright red suit um, to film in the jungle because it's the most contrast between the jungle and the sky. Uh, and right. then that way they could, okay, pull, pull him out of that frame and leave this hole in the frame where he would be. And then you go back and you shoot that shot again with a wider lens. Um, so it distorts whatever is is in that shot and put it behind that shot, filling in that space. And it gives it that weird, like stretched sort of like lenticular yeah. effect to it. It's so cool. And, and I had no idea like, exactly. But that's it's so cool that they yeah, they just changed the like aspect ratio like to be like 120 percent bigger so that it's the exact same camera move. But it does yeah. look like it's kind of warped or distorted um and it and makes it, it okay yeah. when because c- they also didn't have computer controlled cameras right so the doing the exact same camera move meant a dude trying to replicate the shot he just did uh with a, right. probably a 50 pound camera on his shoulder right. in the hot yeah. jungles on a on a 45 degree angle uh right. so like it gives that effect and it lets you sort of be sloppy with it too because it doesn't have to right. be super precise it, that distortion it, is part of the effect yeah and I know they had like um, precise computer controlled rigs that like that's how ILM, you know, pioneered that approach in Star Wars where they do multiple takes and the camera would be on a computer controlled in, in the rig, studio in London. That's, right. <laughs> that's that shit that you can drag out into yeah. the mountains of Mexico and shoot at a 45 degree angle with like and there's a lot is like some of the filmmaking is actually beautiful. Like I found the first five minutes where they're assembling the team and the choppers are coming in and landing on this beach at dawn and like mm-hmm. the choppers silhouetted and they're all like all these giant beef cakes are getting out of it. And then it's just Arnold alone there smoking a cigar and he comes yeah. out and he's huge. Like that stuff is really cool at the tail end of the movie when they're picking Arnold up and he's like, you know, the the iconic shot of him coming out of the fog 
and the you know him being chopper evacuated that stuff looks great the Mm -hmm. jungle looks great um the way they there's a couple points where like people have to run pell-mell through the jungle and i don't know how i mean i imagine they just clear cut a path for the camera and then they just had this the people just running through but you can tell they're like just they're just like forcing their way through this thick jungle and the camera is just whirring by and it's like one of the most impressive like displays of like you know just just roughing over terrain that you wouldn't wish on a broke dick dog that i think <laughs> i've ever seen on on film and that you can't really get in some backlot somewhere or that you know the the jungle going out to the jungle really helps to look at this film oh for sure for sure um there's a i i don't know like do you want to talk about the the crew um because like every this is this reminded me a lot of i think we even made this analogy in the kong skull island movie that like they do a really good job of giving every one of these dudes like enough of something that they're very memorable yeah you know like uh bill duke as mac you know he's like stoic he's like the uh uh he's best friends with jesse's uh blaine but he's like the polar opposite uh very professional very cool you know very soft-spoken where jesse's very loud uh he's also kind of i don't know sadomasochistic he's with that fucking gnarly scene with the razor where he snaps a safety razor oh, against his yeah. own face because it's dug into his flesh um you know, Jesse Ventura is this Blaine. He's this big dude with a commando or this mi- giant fucking minigun. Giant fucking chaw. Uh, He's uh, oh, yeah. spit, <laughs> spitting on Carl Weathers shoes. That's a nasty habit you got there. Mm-hmm. The sexual Tyrannosaurus. Uh, oh, they yeah. got uh, they, they got, got all the, the archetypes, shot. right? I mean, the, yeah, the, that's I think why they're so memorable. This movie does like a great job of quick efficient characterization right at the beginning that chopper ride is basically everything you need to know about every character and then yep. they're on to the action this guy's the nerd that reads comic books and he makes the creepy jokes this guy mm-hmm. is the they they introduce the um the bill billy is like this indian i mm-hmm. guess the real life actor is like half cherokee and like one eight seminole or something gotcha. but like you know that's always like a cool um you know it's a stereotypical but it's tend to be a cool stereotype the native american he's a good tracker and he's mm-hmm. got like senses that pick up like what the white man doesn't more in tune with the the land yeah yeah shifting breeze that 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 must be an alien blocking the way you know it's it's, like i said it's it's a little hackney (laughs) and stereotype probably maybe even a little racist but Uh it is cool and fun um and they all like you know even the nerd guy he's the radio man you got chavez he's uh the latino guy essentially but he's the also the explosive expert and kind of the straight man for the group uh, and then Dylan's like the the CIA asshole. They all have a a, a role. I I can't I can't unsee it. So it, when they remade this movie, um, or or rebooted the franchise back in like two thousand eight or or some somewhere around there, uh, mm-hmm. we were both super excited about it because obviously big Predator fans at that time. Sure. And they called it Predators, and they had this ensemble cast, but it was headed up by perhaps the worst casting decision I've ever encountered. Adrian Brody uh, playing the lead of essentially trying to step into Arnold Schwarzenegger's shoes. Uh, He even tries to pull off the primal scream bit 
that's that kicks off the third act of Predator, and it's like, <laughs> and the, the 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 press tour leading up to this was all about how like Adrian Brody bulked up, and oh, it, God. but he bulked up from a stick figure. He bulked bulked up from yeah. a, a pianist, like. Right. Bulking up for him is putting on 20 pounds of muscle and calling it a day. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger lost 25 pounds of muscle. of muscle for the, yeah, he lost <laughs> right. 250, or 25 pounds of muscle to be more like a stealth special, yeah. special operations. Guy. I mean, I he know. lost more, more weight than Adrian Brody weighed in the role. So like, <laughs> right. It was a joke. It's a fucking joke. And the problem here is that this Richard Chavez guy who plays Poncho looks in my mind, identical to adrian brody i did i i can't unsee it man and so every time i see that character i'm just like oh fuck it's a reminder of the horrors of predators yeah you're not wrong and boy that's the the thing is is like i remember when we were talking ourselves into predators we're like oh adrian brody is a good actor and like maybe he'll be like sure. the thinking maybe he, he'll be like the resourceful squirrely no they just tried to have him be the arnold character and it did not work at all not one bit. Okay, we, we talked, we, we teased this before, but there is a, a hidden aspect to the casting, which was the fact that Jean-Claude Van Damme was originally supposed to be the Predator with an entirely different Predator costume, which I heard some people say was like a long neck, dog-faced abomination. I actually <laughs> think it was a cool, a cool monster concept, but it did not work at all. Do you want to talk about this, Jim? Oh, yeah. I mean... He essentially, I, I think he was pretty new in Hollywood. He hadn't done like a ton of stuff. He hadn't broken out certainly as like, uh, is it Frank Dukes in Bloodsport? Uh, yeah, this was pre Bloodsport, right? Like a year before. Um, they described him as fresh off the boat from Brussels, mm -hmm. wanting to get his face in front of the camera and his wow people with his split kicks and, and all that stuff. Yeah, very impressive uh, martial arts slash dancing skills. Uh, and so he comes over and he's like, they, they've cast him for the predator and he gets on set and, and they've got, they're, they're doing the visual effects shots, the stealth shots. So they put him in this stupid red suit, right? The, the thing he, he's like, I look like I'm trying to be a superhero in those old bad superhero movies. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh -huh. and he's like, I hate this. I don't want to do this. This is terrible. And so they, they calm him down. They say, look, man. Don't worry, none of the you're not going to see any of this, right? You're invisible for like half the movie. And he's like, what? I'm invisible for half the movie. I want to be on the screen, motherfuckers. And and then so he got pissed off about that. And then apparently, like when they went on to do the shooting with the Predator costume, the, the first version that you mentioned, um, it, it was extremely hot at that mm -hmm. point. And he was like passing out in the suit because the cooling system in it was so bad. <laughs> And eventually, I, I think, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say he just kept complaining and complaining all the yeah, time. Yeah, this for is the, the and I'm I'm talking like oh he keeps complaining, complaining. This is over the course of two weeks. It's not like this mm -hmm. was months of shooting, right? It's it's two weeks. He's complaining, and eventually they just I, I guess the producers come in, they put a plane ticket on his hotel bed, and when he gets back, they just say get get the fuck out of here, get out of here, man. And then yeah, they shut down like production a, for a month. They totally revamp and change the suit and the monster and bring mm -hmm. in uh, Peter Hall, who is like a seven foot four dude. Yeah. Yeah. He's like seven, six played Harry Huge. and Harry and the Hendersons, which I thought was a cool right. fact. I was kind of bummed out that he his life tragically cut short. He was only in his early thirties 
when he died oh. of AIDS. Like he was one of the very first victims of uh, the, the AIDS pandemic. Uh, hmm. So he probably would have been a lot of notable movie monsters and other roles, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that all, that all came also the helicopter. He's a, he's a helicopter pilot in this movie as a cameo. Oh, nice. I, I find I that know, hilarious that John Claude never wanted know- to get his face on screen. And then this dude ended up doing it. Yeah, that's hilarious. And I'm sure like if, because the other thing is I've always heard about JCVD, especially at this stage in his career, the early uh, and the meet the rise is he's such an asshole. Yeah. He is too. such a conceited asshole. Like it's the one thing that like you get like, yeah, he's funny and he's charismatic and all that. But like he thinks that he is God's gift to literally everything. So I imagine like this guy. And, and the other thing is, I guess a lot of the uh, predator jungle effect, like camouflage is still JCVD in the original suit. That makes sense. Yeah. Like a lot of like him tumbling through the forest and all that stuff, because they also like the the, the predator was redesigned because. Also, Jean-Claude, who's like, what, mid five feet, five, six, five, seven. He's about my up height, like five, nine-ish, yeah. Up against Arnold, who's like a legit six foot tall and massive, just didn't look threatening even with the suit. And they originally intended him to be kind of like this very acrobatic ninja, kind of like almost monkey swinging through trees, which that's the thing is like the all that is still in the early going of the Predator. When you finally see yeah. the Predator, it's like, how the fuck is this dude just going treetop to treetop? You know, no. like this 400 pound tank dude. But like they it, it's not just the JCVD was a total prima donna asshole. But like in, in some of the test footage of like the, the combat with Arnold, it was just kind of not coming together. So, yeah, they wanted a, a much more physically imposing <laughs> alien they brought on sam winston uh i guess he was in a car with james cameron when he got the like hey you need to come down to mexico and save production and they were spitballing and james cameron's like you know i've always wanted to see a monster with like mandibles mm, and I, sam yeah. was like oh yeah i could do and then you've got the the icon i mean when the predator takes off his his face mask it's one of the one of the best horror reveals in science fiction horror you oh, know? Yeah. I mean, it's akin to something like Alien when you see the alien for the first time. Um, first appearance think, of Jaws. Yeah, this isn't as much like horror sci-fi as as Alien, but it's it's in that genre for sure. It definitely has a lot of horror, uh, which is yeah one of the things that like scared me as a child because it's like it's got body horror. You know, like there's mm-hmm. a scene where the predator just like rips a man's spine and skull out the back of his body. And it's like horrifying. There's the I remember the first time I saw those skinned corpses, it like yeah. borderline was traumatic. You know, I was like Billy, like just stumbling out of my uh, cousin's uh, living room, like, you know, dry heaving and like, what? What the fuck? But they do such a great job, just like all the classic monster movies do of like, you know, you see the evidence of his activity and it's so inhuman. And then you see like uh the, the 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 you know his like just blurry outline like what the hell is that and the green eyes and then there's that great scene where he goes and like surveils the camp after arnold's team is gone and he finds that dead scorpion and holds it in his hand you can see that hand is clearly like inhuman yeah like it's it's like fuck what the fuck is that and you and, just want to see this thing so bad until right. you finally do and it so delivers like it just yeah. keeps getting cooler I've seen the shots of that first costume. I don't think the first costume delivers as much like they show that. And that's the big reveal of this monster. Not as I, good. But I would it, like to see what its helmet looks like when they take it off, because it is a little bit of uh, those jack, those jackal headed dudes from Stargate uh, as it is kind of conceived. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's got like a dog shape-ish face with the it still kind of has the mandibles out in the front, but it's a much bit, longer. Yep. Um yep, and it's yep. got like big sort of bug eyes. Uh yeah, I'm not not quite as impressed by that one. Uh but yeah, Predator's yeah. a classic monster. Uh and it looks like just yeah, the costuming, just everything about it. Like they've got there's so many cool details about like the the way the helmet fits on and the the way the hoses as he unsnaps it like you get the idea that mm-hmm. he's like you know not breathing they, they already mentioned that like they only come to earth when it's the hottest so you think that their planet's probably hot and they can't deal with cold too well that probably is explored in predator too now that i think about it probably but he, they've got the like he's got this like fine mesh all over his body which i guess is the hollow suit and how it works and he's got the wrist weapons he's got this cool little like gun that like auto tracks every like everything just looks so fucking cool. It looks like both a a really sophisticated alien with with advanced technology that we don't understand, and also this very primitive tribal like you, you know like like uh, species organized around the hunt. You know, mm-hmm. and I also like that the way they do this is a symmetry. Is like you know Arnold is at the you know peak twentieth century combat technology. You know, he's got the mini guns and they got the you know all all the the weapons the U.S. military can bear. But he, to beat this technological guy, has to go back to, like, fucking Flintstones technology. Yeah. You know, Boy Scout shit, as Carl Weathers derisively <laughs> refers to or it. Or Ewok shit, as I was telling my wife. Yeah. He's, he's pulling yeah. up those logs. There's literally a moment where a log swings down and hits somebody, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Yep. Nice job. And that's it. all. <laughs> also give these beefcakes, like, there's these great scenes of them, like, all four dudes stripped down to the waist. Mm-hmm. Like, oiled up like this is some yeah again again this is some sexual tyrannosaurus shit but they're just like all trying to like lift this giant log into the air and arnold solos it later in the movie uh it's pretty fucking cool um the other thing i really appreciate about the alien design and predator is it's truly alien like it's this is this look this is an infrared camera all right but like no one had ever seen like infrared cameras before and the idea that like this alien is not like his senses are nothing like we can. He doesn't see the same visual spectrum. Like anytime you hear the sounds, it's always distorted. Like you're inside his alien skull. Yeah. I think that really feels alien, like a culture that mm-hmm. sees something different, hears things different. Um, the fact that he can mimic voices makes perfect. Cause he's a hunter. Like just the way we have duck calls and deer calls and we uh-huh. like scratch deer antlers. They're fool. He's doing that throughout the movie. And it's just really a fucking cool concept. It is. Yeah. Um, I like the idea of, you know, the, the alien seeing differently, having different uh, senses or, you know, similar senses, but them working differently because it kind of like gets you out of that human centric mode that you're in a lot of the time when you're watching movies. I mean, it is a humanoid, right? It has two legs, two arms, a head, torso, all the things we think of as human, um, except it, it doesn't work exactly like us. And so you don't think of us as the the apex predator because this thing is able to kill us very easily. And though its senses are different, they're still just mm-hmm. as effective, right? It's yeah. It's oh, not like, Oh, they're hampered so. because they can't see like we see. No, it's just it, different. Yeah. They're very cute. But when we think of that, we think of like the Hawk. It's like, okay, it's essentially our vision, but with a telescope, right? It, exactly. Whereas yeah. this, it's like, and they make this point very clearly. Arnold's full on camo, even his face. Like if these, uh-huh. these, these guys are like hiding in the jungle and you can't fucking see them, but the predator can see them like they're fucking lit up in day glow because yeah. it's, it's yeah. Like all of our human camouflage designed to fool other humans is worth 
shit to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 really it's really cool. It's really cool. The one last thing I want to talk about specifically on the monster is the the uh, shrunken time frame they had to make this monster on. A lot of these productions will give you months and months to work on creating the central monster of your movie, right? Because um, there's a lot that goes into it, uh, including you know a lot of shit that is just there for filming. Like, how are we getting a person in this suit and make it look alien? Uh, you know, if it's got knees that been backwards, we got to figure out how to work all that stuff. Stan Winston's studio apparently had six weeks, which is a remarkably short time frame uh, to create this monster because they had already tried one monster and it sucked. And uh, they were hired to do this. And his team was just like, well, are you kidding me? This is way too short of a time frame. They heard about another production that had a year to come up with a monster like this. And so it's remarkable how good this monster is given how short uh, the time frame to work on it was. I thought it was also interesting that Winston's outfit had, this was the B team. All the best guys were working on this thing called the monster squad. Yeah. And, you know, as one of the guys, I saw an interview with one of the, the sci-fi, the, the special effects crew that worked on the predator. And he's like, at the time we were like, the lesser than the people are like, oh, what are you wasting your time on this doomed project? Blah. And he's like, but, you know, then again, y- y- you you watch the Monster Squad. Has anyone ever heard of the Monster Squad? You know, I got to work on the <laughs> sure, fucking Predator. But- Everyone knows about the Predator. So it's like one of those like yeah. funny how life works out. The disaster project that uh, these guys kind of like because I guess like Winston really believed in the concept, like the script and yeah. all that. Um, and he kind of, I gr- think, owed Schwarzenegger a favor or and not owed him a favor, but just was like friends with him and wanted to get it done yeah, for from, him from Terminator and all that. Because like yeah. Arnold, I imagine, is very good at making those connections. Yeah. Like if you yeah. shot a movie with him, he probably and, and he likes you and the work you did. You probably he probably keeps you around as a friend for life, you know? Yeah. Like because, yeah, even if he calls 30 years like, hey. Stan, you know, how you do you I listen to your box of cigars. How's the kids? How's I need who, you to do an this? alien for Yeah, who are you gonna say? You're gonna say no to Arnold? Like, right. come on. He's just gotten more famous over the years. Mm-hmm. Um did you see the 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 way the script was written? The 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 So these brothers were uh, watching uh the I, I I forget what it was. It might have been Siskel and Ebert. They were watching these guys discuss Rocky Four in kind of a joking way, oh, and they're like right. What are they going to get Rocky to fight next? The only thing left to fight is an alien from space. And they're like, oh, that sounds like an awesome concept. So they started noodling this idea about literally a Rocky five where he fights an alien. And that Mm -hmm. after a couple of rewrites and some script notes turned into the Predator. That might have been better than the actual Rocky five. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Rocky Balboa fighting the Predator would be a hundred times better than fucking Rocky five. Jesus. Um but yeah, I, I I just oh man, everything about the the alien of this, like I mean, it's a cool suit. You got a really imposing physical specimen to play mm-hmm. it. This head was super sophisticated. It had like nine different servo motors to articulate the mandibles, the eyebrows. Like yeah, the Predator gives a good performance. Like I I love the scene where Arnold cold cocks it, and it comes back and gives a flawless kind of like, is that your best shot? Uh, you know, it's a, again, I can't stress this is, this has got the face of like a crab spider. Yeah. But it emotes, man. Like it has like a moment of genuine appreciation. There's like the time where he's like about to fall in Arnold's trap and then he notices the spike and he kind of gives him like, ah, you son of a bitch. 
I'm not coming down this. It's it's good. It's good. And it's all probably about six nerds standing off screen, f- frantically working a remote control rig, you know? Yeah, that's cool. Uh, I want to talk about one of the standout scenes of this movie. Uh, and it, every time I've, I've, I've had the pleasure of showing this movie <laughs> for like five or six predator virgins. Uh, I know. Which and scene. it always yep. it always fucking slays. It's like after they've, they've done and the, the, there's a couple of guys been, you know, the, the radio operator geek uh, gets taken out and there and that traumatizes the, the rebel woman who can't say anything more than the jungle came alive, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all on edge. And Jesse Ventura has got old painless out of his bag. He's got their minigun and he takes a massive plasma gun shot to the chest and he goes down and Matt comes flying in his lover aggrieved <laughs> screaming picks up this minigun and just starts hosing down the forest dude every member of the squad joins this scene takes a look at what's happening without question trains their weapon <laughs> grenade launcher whatever down and they're just these wide shots of guys just fucking mowing the jungle down with these guns it's yeah. and it goes on forever and keeps escalating and it's about the best thing i've ever seen on film it's fantastic it's it's it so I think back to like commando and the scene where he's like invading the compound. Right. Uh, and there's just dude after dude coming out and he's just blowing them up with grenade launchers and, and mowing them down. This is that times 10, except there are no targets, right? It's like, that's what makes it so hilarious and kind of even yeah. more awesome is they're not shooting at anything. And oh, okay. Maybe one of them thinks they know, that they're shooting at something. The others come up and have no fucking idea what's happening here. This could be a, a mm. weapons malfunction. This could be like, oh shit, my my trigger finger is spasming. I can't control it, guys. No, they run up. They they empty clip after clip into the. I mean, like he's got a whole backpack full of ammunition, right? The, mm-hmm. <laughs> this minigun can spit out hundreds and uh-huh. hundreds of rounds. Unload on this jungle. And then, like, at the end, it's it's just like, oh, did you see something? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's great because, like, trees, I mean, again, I we're not exaggerating. I hope people are moved to see this movie just because of how gonzo it is. Like, this is Gene Kelly stomping in rain puddles and singing in the rain. This this scene has joy. This scene has life. This oh, yeah. scene has a lot going on. And they're literally cutting down trees. Uh-huh. Like these six, eight foot trunk trees are just getting splintered and falling. Like I, it's so, it's so great. It's so great. Uh, yeah. And then what makes it even better is that they actually manage to wound the predator. They do. Uh, yeah. Like they, like they just don't with know all it, this shit, but they do. They don't, they don't know, but they're able to, which leads like once. Uh, Cause the only one that does see that is the uh, um, Latina rebel woman. Yeah. Who's still like not sharing information with these guys. But she, and, and then like Arnold gives the classic, if it bleeds, we can kill it line. Mm. Um, and, you know, there's also uh, there's all these weird scenes where they cut away to the predator doing shit. What mm. do you think that's about? Like the predator doing first aid to himself. I, I think that's just telling us that if it bleeds, we can kill it. Right. Like we need to know as an audience that this is this creature is vulnerable. Mm. Um, otherwise, we just think they're fucked. And, and I also think it like shows that progression right if if he's trying to heal himself up well okay physically he's being he's being worn down by these guys and then later when like his cloak uh malfunctions you you start to feel that progression of like ultimate okay, predator okay. 
and there's no stopping it to like, oh, no, it can be hard. Okay, no, no, now it's really yeah. weak and it doesn't have a lot of its defenses like the cloak. Yeah, it's a gradual progression. Okay, I because th- I was trying to think of like, up until this scene, you could think that maybe this is just an inhuman killing machine. Yeah, yeah. But now it's like, oh, he has technology, he has culture, he's giving himself medical aid. It does that too, like, yeah. It, and, it, and also, like, if you think that maybe the predator is going to bleed to death, like you showed it, like, no, he's still going to be more or less full strength because he can fix himself. You know, that makes sense. Yeah, um, it, it serves both purposes, right? It, it shows that he's both more capable than we thought he was, but also weaker than we thought he was at the same time. And almost like like almost gives him like a, a, a co-protagonist because like this is stuff we usually see the heroes doing, right? Like if you want to establish how yeah. badass a hero is, he pulls a bullet out of his own gut, mm-hmm. staples it shut, and then, you know, cauterizes it. And here the Predator's doing this stuff. So it's almost kind of heroic myth making for the, the villain. For sure. Um, and there's a lot of other stuff, too. Like right after that, they like... Um, Arnold's so straight. He's like, you know what? Fuck this. We're going to go up to this mountain. We're going to set mines all around. It's going to start a defensive perimeter. We're going to take our stand here because like, I'm tired of getting picked off. And there's this scene where a hog sets off this flare and like, everything's really cool. And it's shot the, you know, all this Willie Pete's in the air and uh, it's casting all these harsh shadows. And Mac is just stabbing the fuck out of this wild hog. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like this comedic moment. But it's instantly cut by the creepy fact that they realize, oh, my God, someone's came and recovered Blaine's body. Didn't do anything. They snuck past all our defenses in this confusion and stole this guy's body. What the fuck? What are we dealing with? It's it's a great, like, creepy thing that because you you don't you you come to fully appreciate what the what the alien is, you know, like this, that he's this hunter. He's taking a trophy. Uh, He wanted Jesse to body's skull, man. Uh, It's it's creepy. It's really good. It is. Uh, let me ask you this. Do you think the movie is better off with that first scene of, of the Predator being dropped off by the alien craft? Is, is, that, is that important to tell us that this is, in fact, alien? I don't know, because oh, like I said, it's, it's, almost in, it's only information that we have. Uh-huh. Um, I, I don't know. Um, I, I guess it answers a little bit of the question. Um, like, you know... But like, obviously, if you if you didn't have that scene and you just made it to the end of the movie, you would probably be like, oh, well, this is some kind of sophisticated. You wouldn't think this is something that naturally evolved on Earth and has a parallel culture to us. Right. No. And there's a whole tribe of these living in the jungles of Mexico or wherever they are. Central America. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know that it's necessary, but I also don't think it takes away anything. It might be like one of those things, you know, like the movies like The Conjuring um, always have like some kind of crazy, unrelated, scary situation, almost like a James Bond movie. And then that gives them yeah. the first act to just tell a conventional story and get you invested in the characters and all like that's the hook. Like, OK, all you restless nerds here, there's some space shit. Uh-huh. You, you are in an action sci fi horror film. Just I want you don't don't panic and think that we hornswoggled you into Apocalypse Now or something. Right. There's going to be some space shit. But it's we're we're going to go away for this for a while, and I don't know. Maybe it's like that, that kind of thing. Yeah, like a, like a, a tonal pacing sort of thing. Sure. Yeah. Um. I again, I, I love. I've always loved this Boy Scout shit, as Carl Weathers refers to it. I always love like the because my my same cousin got me into Predator. Also, <laughs> one of those boys grew up in the '80s, subscribing to like Soldier of Fortune, Ma- Sol- Soldier of Fortune mag- magazine. 
and like those other kind of like goofy mail order ninja shit where they are always like selling you like real green beret survival manuals. And we were constantly pouring over the shit. My granddad has huge hundred acre thing down in the backwoods of Spencer that had vines and shit. So you could kind of like none of our shit worked, but like, you know, we tried. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's cool. I don't understand how any of this stuff was supposed. That's the thing. It's like, when I watch this, I keep on thinking like, well, what is this stuff supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Like if, if the predator had gone through that tree branch thorny thingy, would it just like sprung shut on him? Like a, like a Venus flytrap, or was it like a guillotine or like, I don't think I, so. I think I that's a ruse. I, I think like that's the, that's the trap that's meant to fool you into the other trap, which is a log drop. Really? On you, right? I don't think it did oh. anything like when he kicks that stick out. I think it just drops the log. Oh, I thought it, that, that that was. But but what was so its original purpose was to get the guy to be crushed by the rock. Really? I, I guess so. Yeah. Huh? Well, I mean, I got no theory of mechanism either. So it's, <laughs> okay. it's, that's funny. Yeah, um, I think I think that's the moment where he, you know, outsmarts the, the very smart creature. Uh, another iconic scene is uh, Mac going crazy and, you know, running after singing uh, that little Richard song from the beginning of the movie. Going to have me some fun. Mm-hmm. And Carl Weathers, he's like, you know, uh, does that thing where he grabs his face and you think it's a, it's a jump scare, but it's just a guy saying she found him. There's actually really um, some gnarly effects work uh, of Mac getting his head drilled through and then Carl Weathers getting his arm blown off. Yeah. And it's. And you, you suspect it like, OK, this is um, Carl Weathers got his arm behind his back, but he does the after he gets his arm blown off in that same scene, he does like a full 360 like turn to like face the predator from behind. And it gives you real like I it looks so convincing that like Carl Weathers just got his fucking arm blown off. Yeah. Uh, and it's really an impressive display of like, yeah, we're going to show it's like a magician showing you his box and rotating at 360. Like, look, where where do you see Carl Weathers giant beefy arm? It's the size of a normal man's leg. Where do we hide it? <laughs> Bet you'd like to know. And it's this fucking yeah. great. And his arm on the ground, like still twitching and firing off his gun. It's it's great. It's great. It is for sure. What about Billy? Like Billy at some point snaps in the running retreat. They've got to the chopper um, and he just just decides to get out his machete, shed all his gear and challenge it like uh, that never made sense to me as a kid. And it still doesn't make sense to me. Is he just like tired of running? Is he trying to buy the other guy, the guy's time? Is he? I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you on that one. To every single time and Jack, Jack asked me too he's like what is he doing and I'm like trying to have an honorable death with the predator <laughs> like it doesn't I mean it doesn't a, buy him any time you know I guess there's a lot of that so at one point in this movie uh, the predator is like it, it, you know it comes in and it kills the, the geek right and Anna sees that and Later on, Dutch tells her, like, it didn't kill you because you weren't a threat. It, it, it was there was no sport in killing you because you didn't have any weapons, which to me says, hey, everybody drop your weapons and just hike out of this jungle. If it won't kill you, if you don't have weapons, why are you trying to shoot it? Mm. And, and it works for her, right? Like, I mean, granted, Arnold provides a pretty good distraction. Uh, by right. shooting he kicks it, Yeah. And he kicks it. No. And he kicks this thing. out. Yeah. 
Because that's the other thing is like growing up, um, I always assumed that like the predator wouldn't attack like women and children because they were just inherently weaker because I was sexist as fuck. <laughs> but like this movie, actually, it's like, no, it's whether you've got a gut like the predator has some kind of moral code. They really like there's a whole fucking extended universe of this. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. But they have this like elaborate honor code where it would be beneath the predator to kill with his own weapons, an unarmed human. Um, yeah. So it's not the fact that uh, Anna was like just a weak woman. It's the fact that, uh, and just, like I said, that the Arnold realizes that, and I just never picked up on it. I mean, I'm sure there are like a hundred movies that did this before the Predator, but I see so many movies copying the Predator today in that aspect of like, oh, it's this alien with this culture of like blood sport where it comes down mm. and hunts, but it will only hunt honorably and. I just think back to the latest movie I've seen that's like that, which is a real piece of shit. Uh, it's Nick Cage last year made a movie called Jiu-Jitsu. It stars a bunch of like, holy shit, like an Israeli martial artist. It stars Tony Jaw at one point, but it's the exact same plot where this alien once every you know thousand years, hundred years, whatever, comes back and wants to challenge the best fighters of Earth. This movie spawned a lot of stuff uh, from that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This movie, like, there's, yeah, yeah. like, um, there's a lot of this stuff that's, like, you know, very tropey, like getting a big, beefy team of experts together and, you know, having them do a mission and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, this is a pit. I mean, I know that's, like, you know, you got the dirty dozen. It's not like this. This is the first movie to ever thought to do that. But like, this is like the apex form of a lot of those kind of like action movie tropes. Yeah. I mean, the class of of human beef uh, in the 80s that was in Hollywood was kind of bar none. Some of the best. Uh, the only thing that's missing really here is uh, Sylvester Stallone, you know, because yeah. he was jacked at that point doing sure. Rambo movies. I, I wonder what he would have looked like next to these guys because these guys are tall as well. Yeah, and, and, he's and he'd short. have the Jean-Claude Van Damme kind of thing where he's yeah, small yeah, yeah. but ripped and right, I don't know right. how well that would have worked, but um he'd been yeah, he'd be about the size of Chavez if they were standing yeah. next to each other. Um I thought that the one of the things that makes the last act of the film is there's some gonzo sequences where like Arnold is like fleeing from the ter- you know, he uh, gets his gun shot and like hurts his arm. And he like says to Anne, and I think the guy's still alive at this point. Um, is still uh, and and he's like get to the chopper. Of course, mm-hmm. he runs off to try to distract them, and he ends up falling and like uh, romancing the stone kind of like log flume that shoots him off the edge of a cliff. The stuntmen they got for Arnold is such a great lookalike. I saw them actually posing together. I don't know what this guy's name is, but there's a scene of them, uh, like a black and white uh, production still of them with their arms around each other, both smoking cigars, both stripped down to the waist and like the, and the Dutch makeup and all that stuff. And they are like so fucking close in terms of face, huh. hair, and even body. The guy's got a fairly credible Arnold Schwarzenegger build going on. It really sells it because it looks like Arnold is tumbling down this mountain. It looks like Arnold is being ejected from this waterfall. It yeah. looks like Arnold's getting like the hell beat out of him. But and it's this other dude and it's just seamless. It's so fucking seamless. Um, Even in 4K. You just really believe he's doing it. Yeah. Like, I watched this thing in 4K and I was impressed. I watched it. I have a blue. I have this on Blu-ray. I was so excited because I'm like, I've always wanted to watch the director's commentary. 
Um, and I had, I knew I had the Blu-ray down in the basement, but it's one of those bare bones, like nine 99 Blu-rays yeah. you get in the bins. And it's, it's just the four, it's just a movie in, in, in high def with no other bonus features, but you're right. It still looks great mm-hmm. to the extent. Did you, did you see this in the research that like, um, for a lot of the movie, the entire B, uh, a directing team had the wrong film stock so you can actually see there's a uh-huh. there's a noticeable decrease in the film quality for some of the inserts and extra scenes that they do some of the the b angles and stuff and you can really see it in the 4k like you can see the difference in the film quality and the, the, the grain and all that stuff I'll wow look for all that right. next time of course i was also looking for it so yeah but yeah. um so this leads us so this uh he, he runs from the predator he jumps in the water uh, he crawls like he's just, just just exhausted and he crawls across the beach and kind of like props himself up against this wall in the process covers himself in mud because he's, he's soaking wet, which leads us to this is what equalizes the, the odds here. Uh, Arnold discovers that the predator can't see him mm-hmm. when his body heat signature is being covered in mud. Unfortunately, the Mythbusters have exploded this myth. Uh, turns out that works for like maybe 90 seconds and then the mud heats yeah. up the body temperature. And guess what? You're glowing again. But I didn't know that when I was 12 years old and I refuse to believe it now. Uh, <laughs> it, it's just like it gives a spe- it, it kind of reduces Arnold to a beast because that scene where he gets like all like there's this great montage where Arnold is like fucking building a bow uh, and building like explosive yeah, arrows, all the and muscle spears, man shit. hoisting the log up, yeah, hoisting the log, and it, they intercut with the predator just like fucking around. He's like cleaning skulls. He's like sharpening up his like. It's this great kind of like two enemy camps preparing for war. Yeah, uh, and Arnold kicks it off by like climbing this mountain just covered in mud and roar like full throated, full chested roar, and throws this 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 uh, uh, torch on his pyre to lick. And it's one of the most exciting things you've ever seen. Like, he's just like, fuck it. I'm challenging this thing. Yeah. Come and get uh, some. It's so goddamn iconic. Uh, the predator, like there's this really wide scene of the guy in the suit standing on this. Like, I guess it's a fake concrete tree because this this guy plus the suit weighed like 500 pounds. But he's just like lighting the jungle up. He's just like wildly firing because he doesn't know where Arnold's at. And he's in pain because Arnold just like get hitting him with explosive sphere so cool like it's it's like jet black no it's all lit by the practical effects that these guys are are shooting off uh, all around them yeah and he gets his cloak damaged this i i this still works i've seen this movie 20 times like i get all caught up like in the cat and mouse game that arnold plays like every time Mm -hmm. the guy like starts crawling over arnold it's like makes your skin crawl uh, when Arnold thinks he's coming from one direction and all you can see is like Arnold's eyes sticking out of the mud and you see the behind him and he's uh, he's he has to like cling to the underside of a tree at one point when the yeah. predator's walking across. It's all this stuff just like really builds up the tension. Um, and when Arnold gets knocked off the thing, he loses his mud and the alien chart. Um, challenges him one to one like yeah that's the that's the worst beating i've ever seen arnold taken in film <laughs> hmm yeah can you think of a worse beating he's taken i i mean like terminator but that doesn't count right like oh i guess he's a yeah. machine so <laughs> yeah yeah uh terminator the t-1000 when he's just like slamming him with that like fucking i don't oh, know what yeah it's it's a t- T-800 slammer, I think, is its technical name. Uh, that's You're right. That's pretty brutal. But when but, he's but a, a human flesh and blood character. Yeah. 
Uh, this is this is up there for sure. I I love that moment. Uh, the the challenge of like they're going hand to hand, right? Mano a mano. Uh-huh. Uh, it, it's something that the predator definitely doesn't have to do, and if the predator just wants to, it could kill him in that moment. But mm-hmm. yeah, the, the it it leans more into that that feeling of like, oh, this is a distinct being with culture and. You know, it's it's not just a, a faceless beast that we need to kill. And oh, it definitely has a face because that's where it reveals yeah. its true face. It's horrifying. And it's that's there's that cool thing where he's like looking at like I guess he's looking at Arnold like he's like got Arnold pinned to the wall and he's like looking at a skull. Kind of like mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm not sure exactly why he decides to because to, to fight him like he said mano a mano because it's kind of like if I challenged a coyote. Yeah. I've been hunting a coyote and it's like, yeah, well, maybe the coyote could get lucky, but I'm probably just going to stomp this thing. You know, mm-hmm. like it's, this is a eight foot tall, horrifying space lizard with fangs and claws. And Arnold's just a dude. You know, yeah. he's Arnold, but he's still just a dude. And the thing, this thing gives him beating. And what I think is always really creepy is like from when you're inside a predator skull and you see like him seeing his unvarnished infrared and you hear like Arnold sounds like a mewling baby. Hmm. When he's getting like like it, it, he sounds like a baby crying when the predator is giving him a savage beating. And it's just it just goes on forever. Um, and that the scene of like you, you mentioned the Arnold uh, with the desperation trap trying to get him to get crushed under the thing. The whole like that's iconic too. I quote that do it. Do it now. Yeah, kill me. You know? I'm here. Kill me. Yeah. I'm right here. Kill me. Do it. <laughs> it's it's he's trying to bait this guy and the predator ain't having it. Uh, crushes the predator with the 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 dead weight thing, uh, and there's this great scene where, like, I remember when I was watching the Jack, you know, Arnold's like, oh, finally he's dead, and like you can see in the background that giant stone start to like move. Yeah, and Jack's like, what? Come on, <laughs> like, right? And no, it's the guy's dead. He can't do anything, and and Arnold's about to coup d'etat him. And well, that's the thing. Then, I love that Arnold gets up in that moment, right? Because he knows this is the only shot I've got. Uh, right. If I don't, if I don't get off my busted up ass and kill this thing mm. right now, I'm done. Uh, yeah. And turns out he doesn't need to kill it because it's already dying. But he should have done it though. He would have saved yeah. himself a wrist nuke to the face if he would have just just gone in and rock smashed this creature's face in. Yeah. But um, I, I, the know, one they, thing I don't like about these fight scenes, but it is kind of of a piece of this entire movie because um, mm. this movie has like a soundscape to it that's very specific you can tell they were like we want to create a feeling here with the sounds Mm -hmm. the only one i think doesn't work is these whip crack punches i think i think they're too cartoony for this movie a little bit yeah a little bit uh indiana jones a little bit it's it's a little too much uh but but everything else they do with the audio in this movie just works man um they, they really do create a feeling with the whole thing yeah, and I like. I think the theme is pretty iconic. The da 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 tan, da 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 tan. It's very like eighties action film. Um, yeah, there's some the some Predator part of it that looks- sounds to me like the T two theme, but I yeah, couldn't find it. That. I went back and I tried to find it again. I couldn't tell you specifically where it is. Um, but, but I it's uh, Alan there's, Silvestri, there's- right? It's it's the guy who's done a billion things. Sure. Like he's done Avengers movies and and. Was it Back to the Future that he did? He no, that? that was Elfman, wasn't it? No, I think it was Silvestri. Uh, he's he's, he really? he's okay. done so many iconic. Uh, he's he's up there in that tier of like 
John Williams and, you know, Hans Zimmer and. Oh, you're right. Back to the Future, Forrest Gump, Lilo and Stitch, Polar Express, uh, Avengers. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's had a career for sure. Hugh yeah. Frame, Roger Rabbit. Holy shit. Romancing the Stone. Contact. Damn. <laughs> right. Yeah. So he does a, a good stuff. job here for sure. There's two things at the very end of the film that little bother me. I mean, it's, it's still a 10 for 10 film, but like, I actually think when Arnold's getting picked up, um, you know, they have the scene of him just kind of like completely thousand yards staring out the, the door at the jungle that almost killed him. Mm-hmm. And they're playing this kind of like really wistful, mournful, like, you know, music. And then they cut to the outside of the chopper of it going off into the sunset and they put the terminate that all, so all of a sudden the predator theme comes back. Like, da, 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 da. And it's it kind of suggesting like, oh, what if there's another? I, I feel like it's like, what if there's another predator out there? And I'm like, yeah. I feel like the movie would have been better off on the more wistful note. But then unexplicably, inexplicably, the credit sequence <laughs> is these guys mugging for the camera mm-hmm. and there's there's been many many versions of this where they've set it to like literally any 80s sitcom theme song yeah and it looks exactly like that and i don't know what the fuck they were thinking like this I'm this is the you. shit you pull like if it's at the end of a t- this is what you do at the end of end game if you want to give everyone a send-off after the epic 10 films that led up to this but like it just yeah and they're not even in character they're all kind of like turning towards you like ha ha which is it's like what i don't know man the like like the last 30 seconds of this film are just like ah fuck it whatever let's get out of here i mean that's Turn the thing the yeah the movie doesn't care about the movie once the action part is over right it's just like ah, could, fly him out be. on a chopper and, and it'll be good we'll, we'll just end could it there be. Uh, yeah, but uh, the the other thing I appreciated that we didn't talk about with the casting um, is that Shane Black is in this movie. He plays the nerdy uh, sure. science I, I, linguist. I, I don't know what he is. He's the radio operator, as I was credited. Okay, that, the boy. Radio Shack guy, essentially. Boy, that seems like really short selling him. But okay, uh, <laughs> so so Shane Black doesn't do a ton of acting, but he's mostly a writer in Hollywood, and he's written like a lot of very popular action movies like he's written basically all the lethal weapon movies um Hmm. he has written last action hero he did a screenplay for that Hmm. um he did last boy scout he did the monster squad ironically um interesting he also wrote iron man 3 i i didn't realize that Mm. is that the bad one or is Iron Man 2 the it's, bad one? I can't remember. Iron Man 2 and 3 are both not great. I think Iron Man 3 is the shittier one. Well, he didn't get any Marvel movies after that, so mm. I'll tell you something about it. Uh, the nice guys. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Long Kiss Goodnight for people who've seen that, which I haven't. Did uh, he not kiss, also, kiss, bang, bang. did he also not write and maybe direct the Predators movie? Uh, yeah, he did. Well, the Predator in 2018. Oh, the re- oh, the, which yeah. I had, I still haven't seen. I heard that was more of a try to attempt the '80s version again. Yeah, but uh, obviously, you know, I didn't hear that it's the most amazing Predator. So, <laughs> I, yeah, I just, but, I just think it's weird when I see people who are known for their writing, acting on screen. Um, he's not mm-hmm. bad. He's he does mm-hmm. what he needs to do here. It's just he tells two weird. terribly terrible pussy jokes, mm-hmm. and then he dies screaming. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's what he needed um so yeah i uh that's all i've got to say about predator do you have anything else that you want to say 
I don't think so. I think that's about it. Pretty good kickoff to the badass series we're about to do. Uh, now, one thing I want to announce is that we're going to have um, or we got the Mount Rushmore of badasses. I'm going to keep, I guess uh, you can probably guess some of the ones and, you know, we'll have some of them be a surprise. But we're going to have three special twit sessions on Working Wednesdays um, starting next week. And we are going to, with these three segments, we're going to revisit the old classic bald mo- or uh, badass scale because we've got another about 12 years of movie watching history. We know some of these ratings are indefensible. Mm-hmm. We're going to brush the classic list up. Uh, we are then going to, on the second series, we are going to evaluate the new talent. You know, there's been a lot of men and women who have joined the badass canon. Uh, we've, we're, and in fact, uh, if you'd like to suggest some of those, Send them into badass at baldmove.com or uh, there's probably going to be a, a forum thread uh, for the badass uh, series. If you want to like nominate some people there, we're going to go over those people and try to assign them three C's. And then the third uh, Twitch segment, we are going to uh, try to integrate. We're going to we're going to put the, the new people and the old people and see how we feel about the, the, the rankings. So it should be a lot of fun. There'll probably be a lot of audience participation and the rankings yeah. and suggestions and stuff. Uh, but we're going to to be doing that uh, live on twitch.tv slash bald move every Wednesday at 1 p.m. for the next three weeks. And I imagine if they're good, we'll turn them into a podcast. But uh, if you want to contribute to them or see us uh, record them live, check us out on working Wednesdays, 1 p.m. on twitch.tv slash bald move. Sincerely hope you like the ball, the, the badass uh, film series. If it's successful, if people like it, I would I would love to turn that into some kind of annual thing because there's no shortage, no shortage of badass stuff Nowadays. to watch. Yeah. 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 And even the classics like my God, like I sure. there's still like some of the things we're seeing are just me filling my holes still because I haven't seen like some of the classic uh, just until the last year. I hadn't seen Escape from New York. Still haven't seen Escape from Los Angeles. Mm. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of classic stuff. A lot of, um, I haven't seen red heat. Okay. Here, that's yeah. uh, pretty good. So, uh, there's, there's a lot of, yeah, a lot of, a lot of classic Schwarzenegger we haven't seen. Uh, and, uh, still, they're still making them. I haven't seen was the one that the, the zombie film he just put out like four Aftermath? years ago. Aftermath. Is it aftermath or was it like, I thought it was the name of a Maggie? girl. Maggie. That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. Isn't I, that I, a zombie film? I know he did a zombie film. I can't remember which one was which. He he gets specifically praised for his acting in this, and I'm like, wow, is this uh, this Arnold's Copland? Is he go- <laughs> going <laughs> for serious acting after this this long career of his? Sure, but uh, yeah, no, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I sure did. Epic mouthful. Thank you very much for commissioning another very fun movie. Yeah, uh, I really thoroughly enjoyed revisiting this and and podcasting with Jim here. Our badass film series is going to be rolling on next week when we took uh, we when we take a look at the the other three C badass on the three C badass scale. Uh, 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 Sylvester Stallone in Cobra. I'd never seen. This I movie. have I have never seen. Yeah. Uh, this poster was hanging on my cousin's bedroom door for for at least a year or two growing up. Uh, I heard lots of good things about it. It's it's got terrible ratings. This might because we were trying to decide whether we want to do commando or predator, commando or predator. And then predator came commissioned like, OK, well, we need something like commando. And yeah. Cobra looks like it might be that something like commando. So we'll we'll see how uh, Sly looks next week on Cobra. Until then, I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. See you next time. <laughs>